0: is Sunday afternoon evening whatever somewhere in April near the end of it I think uh, it's uh, the 20 it's April and your share shop podcast is here to uh, to offer yet more audio content for your ears after our uh, special episode there last week, we hope you all enjoyed it um, We're back to your regularly scheduled programming here uh, this week I'm one of your hosts, Barry Murphy, joined as always by my ever-dependable co-host First of all, Mr. Joe Towner Hi there, Barry Joe, do you have any idea what day it is? Thursday uh-huh. mm. We'll go with that uh, What about you, producer Paul? Uh, I think it's Sunday, Barry what makes you say that? The fact that there's a new chair shop podcast happening? Uh, no, because that could also be Monday or <laughs> any Monday, day. Tuesday.
1: <laughs> it's because well,
2: I had lots of food to eat, which is bad when you're supposed to be on a diet. But these yeah, last we two weeks, these last foods. two weeks, has been a little, a little bit of a wobble. Um, I mean, I'm not back to square one, but. I need I need to get the head down and get back disciplined, and get back the way it was. Because I tell you, this weekend I was eating ice creams, I was eating donuts, even though I know that I should not be. Um, and that's why I know that it is Sunday. In summary.
0: Okay then. Uh, what else have you been up to this week?
2: Oh, also had a barbecue. Okay. Uh we got the bar well, not the not a proper one. Those little you know the disposable barbecues you can get. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh weather was nice, so we got the, got that out. Um and whenever there's a barbecue around I will often eat eat more than I would normally eat were there not a barbecue. So I had multiple meats, burger, steak, chips oh, and oh, a lot. Oh, it was very good. But yeah, but you know, you don't have barbecues every week, so it's all right. You know, what do they say on McDonald's um, as p- part of a good diet or whatever? So it's all right. You know You're not having barbecues every day. It's all right. But, um, yeah, I need to... Uh, because I was bold at the weekend, I'm going to have a very good week. Very good week. Also, in non-food news, um, obviously the pandemic has affected our little... Um, our little dog daycare business that's we've been closed for like the last three weeks
0: yeah
2: um, but in lieu of that, uh, Natty wanted to keep kind of keep busy because you know I'm working from home for, for my job, but she's kind of going crazy not having anything to do, so mm. we took in a foster dog from a rescue who is a li- uh. a little lurcher dog with a broken hip, and we're taking care of him. And his name is Ralph and he's real nice. He's kinda scared of me. Um he likes Natty a lot. So I don't know. That's good. But uh yeah, he was uh I think he had an owner previously and then he was like s- stray for a couple of weeks and then he got hit by a car.
0: Aww.
2: And now we're taking care of him, so yeah. That's nice. We'll we'll nurse him back to health and then he'll go off to a, a new a new home somewhere hopefully. But yeah, just because we, you know, we we we're, we're set up basically for dog care, but because of the pandemic, people aren't leaving their house to go to work, and so there's no need for people to watch their dogs for them. Uh, so this is kind of the the next best next best step in terms of keeping busy and keeping keeping your mental health busy during the old pandemic, having something to do, keeping yourself occupied, and helping out at the same time. So. Good all round. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of all I've been up to since we last talked. What about Thanks. you guys?
0: Yeah. Well, if we, yeah, we us just go back to, to food, if we could, just for a moment. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, my uh, my one of my favourite, if not the favourite, uh, establishment of mine, reopened this week. Uh, well, reopened. They they resumed doing um, deliveries. Okay. Uh, my my favourite wing spot in all the land, Volcano in Limerick. Yeah, yeah, they uh, they closed outright pretty much when the when the earliest restrictions came into place. I mean, you obviously had your various eateries were trying out, you know, deliveries here and there and, and some people stuck it out and some people didn't. They just shut down straight away. Uh, but this week they they opened back up and I'm not saying they, that they are uh, woven into the fabric of Limerick but they ran out of chicken a couple of hours after they opened <laughs> their doors again. Um, I waited nearly two hours for my my delivery of wings and you know what when i got it i didn't even complain i just ate them and i was delighted they were back i got a delicious oh delicious portion of buffalo wings and so um it was quite 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 delicious uh so uh yes delighted they are back so so food golf uh, is 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 uh on the up and up but uh beyond lastly i've been i've actually been trying to do uh, as much cooking as humanly possible um uh last week uh, i didn't talk about this because we were doing our commentary but last week i didn't even plan to do this but i i like went the full week without ordering in which is like unheard of for me anyway, <laughs> unheard of anyway let alone in these quarantine times and i was like god when i actually sit down to order a pizza next time it's actually going to taste even better and it did um i think just i think cooking just it's it's more of a time killer now so it's kind of like i'll cook just because it's an activity for me to do <laughs> just something to do yeah so uh so that's not too bad i'm also trying to I'm, trying to hit my my I got one of the pedometer gimmicks on my phone. Ah, there you go. And so I'm tra- trying to get my uh, my 5000 steps in a day, which is obviously not any kind of crazy goal, but it's a uh, 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 it's a very much a just get out for an hour and and break a little bit of a sweat for a little bit. Um uh, yeah, so that's you know that's it. Right. Um been yeah, yeah. bit about the top and bottom of my life this week. I had uh, um,
2: just before we move on from food. Uh I when we were um in Dublin with uh uber eats right you can get mcdonald's and that delivered da, 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 da. and while i'm in Leaksip here now uh uber eats just kind of came in right before the pandemic uh started because uber eats previously what was unavailable unavailable in Leaksip. um so i keep getting emails now from uber eats going please have a promotion 15 percent off and <laughs> <laughs> I go to a retail there's like two restaurants on it <laughs> like no I don't well, neither of those is McDonald's stop until McDonald's is set up for me stop contacting me I'm not interested anyway Joe how was your week
1: um, yeah much of the much of the same mm-hmm. um, just lots of work going on Uh I did decide to paint our bedroom uh, this this week uh,
2: um,
1: right. I ordered we wanted to do it for a while I ordered the paint about a month ago and it took three four weeks to come uh so i think it's a bit of a bit of a heightened demand for all things diy and, and gardening related at the yeah. moment um so i finally came we finally did it only thing is didn't buy enough paint oh. uh so we've done <laughs> done half the bedroom in a lovely new uh, blueberry white color um but the other half is still yellow um, so I'm going to have to leave that until we get um, can get a new shipment of painting, which might take a couple of weeks, two, three weeks. Yeah. Um, but it looks nice. The, the bit that we've done looks really nice, much, much better than a sort of really horrible looking yellow colour we used to have. So pleased with that. And uh, Luckily, no one else is going to see it. Uh, probably ever, to be honest, but at least for the next couple of months. So we'll, uh, we'll survive with a, a two-tone bedroom for now. It's funny because in my
2: head, I don't know why, because only after about 30 seconds did I realize that that's a crazy thing. I had pictured that you had painted the room exactly in half. Like <laughs> you could draw a line through the room. One half is blue, one half is yellow.
1: That, well, wow, it's a crazy idea, but is it so crazy?
2: I would assume uh, you would have just painted, two, what, two walls? Yes.
1: yes, we painted two of the four walls. <laughs> four. <laughs> obviously
2: Instead of one wall and two half walls. Okay, very good. You're mm, planned well.
1: Yeah. Uh, what we could have done is painted, have yeah, bomb half one colour, top half another <laughs> colour, and then have one of those very tasteful kind of strips that people yeah, used to have yeah, in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh I wallpaper. used to have
2: a Manchester United one.
1: Oh God! Wow. It was like a
2: wallpaper. Yeah. They used to go. Around. And then what? Like, one half red, one half black. Or white uh, no, I think we had. I think <laughs> I had wallpaper on the bottom half. It was like a Man United wallpaper, and then the oh, top right. half was just like a like a cream color. I think. Okay.
1: Yes, yeah, so that was that was the hard point of the week, and then um, today our neighbours had a very smoky barbecue. So it was it? Yeah, the barbecue was getting out now. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think they ever done one before because we saw them sort of coming back with something. Yeah. Having bought something, which was clearly the barbecue, uh, and then there was a couple of hours where there was just loads of smoking out in our garden, so we had to get the washing in. Such mm. was nice. Yeah. Are you still on any
2: uh, diet restrictions at the moment? Oh no, I'm eating anything and
1: everything. Oh, eating. Well, okay
0: good. Yeah. Good. Rightio. Well then, we can uh, soldier on there with our uh, our various guffs uh we'll start off with Telly Goff here i've watched quite a bit of telly this week i'll uh, i don't think i've got anything majorly new to talk about i don't think no i don't think i do um i watched another episode of inside number nine uh, which i started ages ago I just watched the first episode i watched the second episode uh a day or two ago oh my goodness i nearly broke my bollocks laughing um, I don't remember thinking episode one was, hey, you know, that's all right, good, little, good yeah. little opener, nothing, nothing too crazy, and then episode two I was like, all right, here we go, now we're talking, now I'm in, uh, <laughs> really, 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 really funny, um, and so yeah, I'll, I'll uh, be working my way through that. I started and finished uh, Fleabag season two uh which uh i absolutely just absolutely adored. Um just really really incredible. I mean just a, a perfect kind of escalation of a second season like it's just it's, it's different, it's a little heavier, it's a little uh a little more to, to sink your teeth into and and it has just a, a tremendous sense of finality to it the last episode. Got to be up there with like the best finales of anything i've ever seen. I mean it was just so 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 good. Um, And that that perfect feeling of just, you know, wanting more because you're like, it's so good, but at the same time just appreciating that it was finished. Um, Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Fair enough. Uh, I started the second season of You on Netflix. What is that
1: about?
0: That's the stalker one. The stalker one. Oh, Okay. Uh, a bit rubbish. Uh, first episode's a bit rubbish, so it's like I don't know if I, I don't know if I'll bother. I was told not to bother watching it because I was told it was bad, but um, yeah, I don't know why. For some reason, when I was making my little list of things I wanted to watch during the old the old lockdown, I was like, uh, I enjoyed season one. I'll stick it on there anyway, and maybe I'll like it. Uh, first episode was not did not uh, uh, um, did not blow me away, but uh, so maybe I'll stick that out. Maybe I won't. I forgot to put it on my list here. I watched the first episode of The Last Dance. Uh, which ah. is the Chicago Bulls Michael Jordan documentary yes, yes,
1: yes.
0: Uh, you know this is back from you know uh, covering the the last season of the heyday of the Bulls when they were such a cultural phenomenon that even the three of us knew who they were and <laughs> yes. um, because obviously basketball is, is, you know, not the not the hottest sport here in Ireland. But, you know, we're talking about the, the heyday of Michael Jordan. Uh, it's great. First episode, super, super, super promising. Uh, uh, just setting everything up. Um, uh, and, and it seems like it's not going to just be about him, but obviously kind of revolving a bit around Michael Jordan, which makes sense. Um, and yeah, so the first two episodes are up now. There's another episode airing tonight in the states should be up on netflix tomorrow morning for us here in this part of the world uh yeah recommend it give that one a watch um and i am continuing with my simpsons viewing i'm into season eight now and i remember looking at season eight episode listing and i was like yeah you know, these are all good episodes i, I fondly remember these and it, i'm still having an out laugh and i'm still enjoying them but i have i have kind of having just rewatched five six seven I'm, I'm watching some of these episodes and I'm like, yeah,
1: these aren't like as good. It's it like starts off, starts off well looking at the episode listing. Yeah. You but only move uh, twice the Homer Day yeah. Four. Uh, yes, yeah. See those 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 are uh, great. Bart like, after dark.
0: Huh? Oh, see this is the Bart after dark, it's like funny. It has some it has a good song. Uh, mm-hmm. It has that good gif of grandpa coming in and yeah. then even.
1: And the hat and the thing.
0: The hat, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's, it's also, there's other bits of like, yeah, that's not that great. And then I just got to the uh, the X-Files episodes where I was kind of like, yeah, that's, it's like someone, it, it like it's, it's, got a couple of laughs in it and it's obviously nowhere near like a bad episode but that kind of feels like someone just said listen we'll do an Owl X-Files episode oh yeah so everyone else just went yeah 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 yeah, yeah. get him in here get him in here. you know it's it's kind of like it it feels for as infamous as that episode is it feels like way more of a shallow cash in than the critic episodes, hmm. um, uh, which I think is an infinitely better overall episode um uh, you know as burns um so yeah i can feel it waiting a bit but y- you still very much have the, the the high caliber of uh of uh, uh, uh of uh, of writing in general is still there so uh yeah that's been my telling off this week uh by, by this time next week i'm probably i'll probably be finished watching the simpsons i reckon um but uh yeah that's been my my telly this week
1: all right that's
2: Paul, what were you watching? I watched uh, another episode of Inside Number Nine, as Barry Ooh. did uh, also. You're uh, late season. Yeah. No, it was uh, oh. episode three of season four. So it was the uh, what I would what I would refer to as the memento episode. Oh yes, yes. Uh, I thought it was excellent. I thought it was very, well. very good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big, big thumbs up. Big thumbs up on that one. Probably the best of the last uh, season and a half, I would say. Mm.
1: Um,
2: I think every season so far has that, like, one really great episode. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at the list now. I'd say of season three, the equivalent would be maybe the the crossword one. I think it was the one I enjoyed mm. the most of that season. Uh, yeah. And then Season 2, obviously 12 Days of Christine, which is still, to me, the best of the series so far. Uh, Look forward to that one, Barry, And Season 2. Alrighty. And Season 1. Ooh, Season 1 is actually very good. Season 1 has a lot of episodes that I would maybe consider the better ones. Although, as Barry said, Episode 2 was really great. Episode 3, I thought, was great as well.
0: Mm, I might stick that on Uh, next.
2: 5 as well. They're all great. Anyway, inside number nine is 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 really good. Uh, that's all I watched. At least in non wrestling terms, I watched a few wrestling bits and bobs. Which
1: well, we'll, we'll get to that in the wrestling section. We'll get to a little bit later on. You're coming up, um, I've been watching more Disney stuff. So, finished the uh, the Imagineering story, which is a documentary series about the the theme parks, the Disney theme parks. How is that? Is it good? um it's really really interesting um it kind of goes right up to the the current day and uh chronicles kind of opening of each different park in in japan in china uh, and euro disney as well so kind of really interesting and goes into kind of a lot of depth and the the new rides they've done in 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 china i think it's in shanghai look like mind-blowing <laughs> like compared to the sort of you know theme park rides we're used to, but yeah, a very interesting documentary. So I think it was six, it was six parts, but okay. definitely worth cool. to watch. Uh, a bit more Gravity Falls, which is of course great, and also been catching up with the Mandalorian. Uh, I don't think it's finished here yet. I think there's one or two more. Um, I I seem to remember when you reviewed it, Paul, you said that the. First couple were really good, then it, there's a big lull in the middle yeah. before it gets good again, and I'd have to agree with that sentiment. Uh, it goes through quite a few stories of the week um, that just aren't that interesting. Yeah, I mean, I found a
2: lot of people really enjoyed those, yeah. but I, I, I was kind of more driven by the, the, what you call it, like the main story. And yes, so I felt yes. like, okay, that was a fun 40 minutes, but nothing has advanced whatsoever. So ultimately it was a waste of my time.
0: That that episode with Gina Carano on the Nice People Planet felt very much like an episode of Stargate.
1: Yeah, definitely, yeah, it does. Isn't it? Once he got back to kind of Baby Yoda uh, falling asleep, that's that's a good <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> that's, that's what I want to see. <laughs> um, but Yeah, that's that's still you know a pretty good show. Yeah. Watch that. Uh, that's been a bit bad it, apart from a few kind of old shows. So rewinding on.
2: I, um, speaking of Gravity Falls, I was going through some old t-shirts. I was getting rid of them, Uh, a.k.a. giving them to charity, not just throwing them in a bin like I used to do with coins. Um, (laughs) And, yeah, I came across two Gravity Falls t-shirts, and one of them has gone away. I I had a green one, green t-shirt with just the Gravity Falls logo on it. So that one's gone, unfortunately. And I still have... uh, and this this is a shirt from the show. I don't know if obviously if you've seen the whole series, you might get the reference. If you haven't seen the whole series, you might not have got to the episode yet. But the Pterodactyl Bros T-shirt that uh, Seuss gives to Dipper, I I have that T-shirt, and so I've kept that one because it's a nice yeah, little nice. nice little clever reference. That if you if you're in the know, you'll get. If you don't, you'll get it. Sorry. Uh, oh, I also watched Simpsons episode by the way. That I completely forgot to mention. I watched the uh, Stonecutters episode. Oh, ah, tremendous! Mm. I love it. There's bits in terms of quotability. There's bits of that that are just etched permanently into my brain. Yeah, a man who calls himself You Know Who has invited you to a secret wink wink at the You Know.
1: And the bit where Grandpa goes. He may be a communist, I'm... he may be a same kind but <laughs> what was the last thing you said? No, that's not that's not
2: that's not from that episode, I don't think. No
1: right, it is. Mm. No,
2: yeah. no he's not, he's grandpa's wait, going minute. through his his um cards in his wallet looking for the soundtrack is carried, and he has a, a, a I'm the leader of the Communist Party for some reason.
1: Wait, what's the bit where he's... Oh, is that these? Yeah, Homer Simpson bad yeah, man. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Oh wait, Simpson Tide. What the fuck was Simpson Tide? Oh, the one where he joins the Navy. Oh, it's not even that good. I'm gonna <laughs> erase that that bit from my memory. <laughs> <laughs> Very
2: good, but yeah, Soundtrackers episode is great. And, as Barry said, has great music in it. Yes. Great song. Although, that might have been Joe who said that. I don't remember. But it does. I'd agree. <laughs> <laughs> and a great callback with the No Homers joke, where that same kid is there.
0: But grown up. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Um Yes. Uh, game golf, Paul have you done anything this week other than play Zelda by the looks of it <laughs> Well
2: last time we had spoken uh, guys I had started and gotten a bit of the way through Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time mm. uh, Beat that 100% done Ooh! I started Majora's Mask Beat that 100% done uh, I'm on Wind Waker now so this is my 4th Zelda in a row even I'd also be also beaten 100 percented Twilight Princess previously um so my plan to blast my way through these Zelda games is is going still at a good pace I would say I'm over halfway through <laughs> Wind Waker at this point uh, which is a, I don't know a 40 hour game Wind Waker I think of the four is is kind of the more standalone one I think. Twilight Princess, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask all feel very similar. And Wind Waker, like, not only with the visual style, but even even the tone of it. It, it just feels like a like a different series of games. It doesn't feel like the same as those other three. Wind Waker, if anything, feels a bit closer to Breath of the Wild. Uh, in terms of the gameplay. I feel like the last ten hours I've just been exploring islands and I haven't progressed the story whatsoever. And I'm like, oh, oh hmm. remember that main quest I was supposed to do? That was so long ago, the last time I did anything w- regards to that. um, But, uh, yeah, I think I'm over halfway. I'll probably have Wind Waker finished by the next time we speak. Uh, I also bought two of the Game Boy Color Zelda games on the Virtual Console, so I'm going to play them as well, Oracle of Ages and Seasons, which I've never played. Uh, they were developed by Capcom. Uh, weirdly, and I've only ever played one other Capcom-developed Zelda game, which was Minish Cap on the GBA, which I played last year, and that was great. So I'm very much looking forward to them. I did play a game uh, outside of the Zelda uh, sphere as well this week. I played a little bit of Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze on the Switch. Yeah, it's really nice. I beat the first world let me tell you, that game was fantastic. Oh my god. It's like, I remember when the first Donkey Kong Country Returns came out on the Wii. I say the first because I don't really consider it a continuation of Donkey Kong Country, the Super Nintendo series, because it's not developed by the same uh, company, even though I believe some of the same people are involved. It's like, it's a, a very different game, and it feels like a different game. Um,. But I played the the Wii one when that came out, and I really enjoyed it. It's like really ball achingly difficult as well. Like even uh, just yesterday, I was playing this this world one. Now, usually the first world is the one where you kind of easy dip, You dip your toe in, you ba- baby world. Uh, dying left and <laughs> right. It's so hard, and it's the first world. And yeah, i I've this. I believe it only gets even harder. Um, but like that first uh, Donkey Kong Country Returns was was equally difficult. But that was like so satisfying when you finally kind of you know beat the levels. Um, so yeah, I I started that. That'll be my little game where I I'll, I'll dip into that beat a world here and there when I just can play Zelda no more. Because uh, I would say in the last month or two i've probably played i don't know 100 hours of zelda various (laughs) games uh and yeah i mean i've also kind of gone back and forth i know that i said definitively i wasn't going to play skyward sword but let's i'm kind of thinking like since i'm just beating all the games anyway I i might as well squeeze it in there and give it another shot you know um But we'll see how I feel once I come to the end of Wind Waker. Because I'm also planning to beat Breath of the Wild again from the start. So that's potentially going to be... I never even
0: finished that the first time. Yeah.
2: Well, I never played the DLC. And because I haven't played the main game for two years now, I don't just want to jump in and play the DLC because I don't remember how to play the game. I don't remember how to do anything in it. So I'd rather just play it from the beginning and then beat the DLC at the end. Um... And then I'll never have to play an old Zelda game again, because I'll have definitively beaten them all. There'll be nothing more for me to experience. <laughs> um, but that's all I played. Zelda every day. <laughs> that's Jeez. my life now. Yeah. Those games are all great, by the way. They're all fantastic. Majora's Mask I ended up playing on the 3DS. Um, and although it it was much easier to play than ocarina of time was because that was the n64 port and let me tell you the text goes so slow on that game that was so annoying majora's mask though even though it's a remake a remake or a remaster it has dumbed down a lot of the stuff in it for the worse which is a shame uh but also there's multitude of uh quality of life improvements like the gyroscope aiming i'm totally in favor of that in any game going forward Mm. um because with gyroscope aiming i'm uh, expert like bang 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 perfect uh, whereas with the little thumbstick in ocarina of time i'm like a drunk uh, blind man trying to shoot things aka not good anyway barry and joe what have you been playing
0: uh, I played a couple of things. I finally finished Resident Evil 2 remake today, uh, which I restarted I think last week. Mm. Uh, it's excellent as a lot of people have said. Uh, it's just it's it's a a, a wonderful uh, reimagining of, of of a classic and it's like one of the best looking games I think ever um just the the lighting and, and everything in it is really great um and the uh the it's 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 cool to see the the concepts of a game from 1998 kind of more or less ported forward just with some quality of life improvements still doing a lot of backtracking and and, and stuff like that and you kind of realize uh since we kind of have, a more commonly used term for it now that the resident evil games are very metroidvania it's very oh you can't go this way go the other way get the item come back and then you can go this way mm. um uh, that's that's very much it but it's just it's really the the intricacies of the way that entire world map is laid out is just wonderful and the uh, the mr x element in it it's fantastic i mean having a kind of unkillable boss that that for about after the first about three hours he shows up and then he kind of just randomly patrols around the map that's just such a cool dynamic thing um and again it's it's you know it's on a patrol it's not like there's a handful of scripted moments where he jumps out but other than that you kind of just have to keep on top of where he is and it's just a very very cool dynamic so i love that i really really loved it um I don't know if I'll bother doing any of the post-game stuff. There's obviously, you can play the story from a different perspective. There's bonus modes and stuff. I don't know if I'll bother, but it was, uh, my core run-through of that was very cool. Uh, I started, I think I mentioned this on the podcast. I can't remember. I started Super Mario World on the old Switch SNES emulator thing, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which I have never played that particular Mario game before. Right. So uh, it's great. You might be shocked to learn. (laughs) Um, Yes. So uh, I I'm really loving that, and funnily enough, just as I was getting into my uh, getting into the swing of my my Mario mood, they announced that their the Super Mario Maker two they put out the final update for that, which includes a bunch of cool stuff. But in particular, it has a World Maker, which I always thought was the the one piece of the puzzle that was missing for that game was that there was no real need or or reason to have lives in that game because it's just a level you you play created levels but there's no it's other than to get to the end of it which lives aren't even a factor in that case there's no real there's no real incentive but they put out a world maker now where you can design a super mario world snes style map lay out all your levels and then you can string a couple of worlds together to effectively make your own little mario game now i haven't played around with this yet because i want to finish super mario world Get this, you know, classic into my system, and then I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I have Mario Maker Two. I am gonna go hell for leather into that. I'm really excited to check it out. And uh, the last thing I played, another another big one off the 2019 uh, checklist that I just didn't get to last year. I started The Outer Wilds, which is not to be confused with the Outer Worlds. Uh, this is the uh, kind of uh, indie kind of exploration game where you pl- you play as like this like fictitious uh, a member of this like fictitious alien race they're like a space race uh there you you kind of their their entire being is literally just to explore space and so you you jet off into space you start exploring around the planets around your planet and then after about a half an hour the sun in the middle of the universe explodes and you restart the game again and it turns out that you're stuck in a time loop and you have to figure out why you're stuck in that time loop and what the lore the universe is uh it is really fantastic i'm really really loving it it's uh it's kind of a unique blend of modes. It's uh, like, it's not quite, there's way more going on than a walking simulator because you're flying a ship and you're solving puzzles, but you you don't have any actions other than walk and jump. Uh, you have like a text translator for alien language, but that doesn't require any actual work. It just does it for you. So it's, it's weird. It's kind of a platform. Former kind of an action adventure, but there's no combat. It's a very, very unique thing, but I'm loving that. It's really, really great. Um, I'm a couple of hours in. I've heard it's about 12 hours long. It's got a, you're, you kind of, uh, the the hook of the game is that your character remembers everything after the time loop resets. Mm. So you go to to an area, you find uh, a bit of information that recontextualizes something you might've seen on another planet. The, the loop resets and it's like okay well now i can skip that step and just go to that other planet now that i have this key information and that's basically what you do so you're kind of working your way through uh trying to get better and better each time and i i get a couple of hours in so i assume the end game here is figure out what's happening with the time loop stop it or or whatever uh but yeah really really enjoying that uh so that's that's uh that's something that I would kind of hope to have finished by next week because I'm very curious how it wraps up. But uh, That sounds that's been
2: right my... up my alley. And I've, for some reason, not... And obviously, I was I was aware of it. But I wasn't aware that it was kind of like a, a walking sim because that, that sounds like my kind of thing. And it sounds like a walking simulator mixed with like, Majora's Mask a bit with the time loop and the... Not the moon, obviously, Majora's Mask. The sun here causing the end of the world. Yeah.
0: And it's also, it's like, it's really, it's kind of splits the difference between its various modes of stuff really well, because first of all performance wise it's really amazing because you are seamlessly taking off from one planet and landing on another in a couple of minutes um and there there's there's you know the planets are also kind of like kind of small in the in the sense that it's like you could kind of run around this in, in just about the time it would take each loop to happen right. it's it's very it's very weird it's very unique um uh it's 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 really cool um and I, it's it's definitely um it's very it's it's very unique and it's one of those things that kind of i think it still has a lot of its cards very close to its chest i am i'm fascinated to see what what else comes because in the opening the opening tutorial you're on your home planet and you're like okay you go over here it's like okay this is how you talk to people oh okay here's how the they have a little test area where you can experiment with the low gravity it's like okay here's how i jump around in space uh, this all seems very straightforward. I'm going to go out and do some puzzle solving, and and I'll do some exploration. But the the Nate, I don't want to spoil too much because I think you might you might enjoy this. But the the planets kind of all have a gimmick. Which which uh the, 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 the nature of them is all very, very unique. It's not just hey here's a red planet, here's a snow planet, that's it. It's it's they all have very different mechanics to how they all work and they look gorgeous. Um yeah, it's it's very, very cool. I think I think you will enjoy it a lot, Paul. Uh but uh yeah, I'm playing that I've done the epic it's an epic exclusive on PC. I think it is also on PS four, I think. Um, yeah. and I th- think they announced no no, no, no no i was about to say it's coming to switch that is the outer worlds i got those two mixed up after i deliberately made the distinction earlier um yeah that's all my games this week
1: um uh, speaking of mario i did i saw the screenshot you posted of uh super mario world barry on twitter yeah and it had me it had me hand crickets and mario i was like there's a secret level barry on that one you need to <laughs> hype and then you get the secret one um, and also I watched um, OSW Review, did a movie review of the Super Mario Brothers movie from 1993. Yeah. Oh. Uh, which is a very, very, very fun review um, of a very kind of slightly bizarre movie. Have you either of you seen no, that? No, no, no. No, I haven't you ever, oh, you've never seen it? Well, I wouldn't recommend it, but <laughs> it's it's bizarre. Like it's one you could watch as a kind of, you know, so bad it's good um or so weird it's good anyway bob hoskins as mario and um what's his name john de as as luigi um yes that was that was really good that made made me kind of want to get hold of super mario all-stars and play all the old games but i'm a bit busy at the moment um managing manchester united uh, football club (laughs) um in football manager 20 Uh, as i mentioned a couple of weeks ago i out of the boredom of lockdown, decided to finally get back into football management sims after about <laughs> eight or nine years. Uh, so got hold of FM20 Touch, fm 20 Touch, which is the kind of lightweight version of Football Manager. Um, got through four seasons in the last two weeks uh, with United. Uh, won the league in the first season, which was great. Last day we beat Villa 1-0 uh, to, to win the league. Won the Champions League second season. Third season, won the FA Cup and League Cup. Uh, and I've just finished the fourth season, where unfortunately we came up empty-handed in terms of silverware. Uh, finished one point off the top. Um, so it's it's going to, it's mixed bag. It, you know, obviously won some good trophies, but not not dominated. Uh, Liverpool are really really good in the game. It is ridiculous. Like last season, they got something like a hundred and ten points or something. It was insane, and they they just win everything. Um, so I'm kind of waiting for them to gradually get worse and some of the, you know, Mo Salah and Mane to retire because yeah. then I think they might start to deteriorate a little bit and I can actually try and win the league. Um, but, yeah, it's really, really fun. It's so addictive. Like, honestly, I, it's only been a couple of weeks. I'm already, like, hankering for this podcast to end, to be honest, so I can go back and <laughs> start <laughs> season five. I'm like, quick, quick, I can get another half an hour in before I go to sleep. And have you made um, any
2: any interesting signings in that? or
1: um, I signed Saul in my first season okay. from Atletico Madrid. Yeah. Saul Niguez. Um, he, yeah, he was, he's good. I've just signed um, Mateus de Delit from okay. Juventus. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hoping that's a good sign in. Um, no one else, too. else notable? Oh, Kingsley Komen from Barcelona. Winger. He's pretty good. Quite injury prone, though, which is annoying. Gets sort of lit, little sort of niggly injury every few weeks, but yeah, it's it's a very fun version, and of course it's got the three D you know rendering, which it's fun to kind of sit back and watch without any proper footballs. I have so yeah, enjoying that. We'll continue playing that at least until this lockdown ends, I'd imagine. Very good. Good shit.
2: Yeah, I still, I mean, I'm interested to dip my toe into that, but uh, too many Zeldas to be at the moment. So maybe once. They... <laughs> Once I beat Wind Waker, maybe I'll take some time out and play Football Manager. Very good.
1: Hello.
0: Hello. Hello, uh, host. I've
1: got any movies? <laughs> got any movies,
0: anyone? No, I was going to say before we move on to movies, nobody nobody playing TEW? Definitely not. Oh, God, no. Aw. Oh.
1: What kind of nerd would do that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> nerd. Oh dear. I haven't anyway, It so says I had the weirdest <laughs> hankering
2: to uh to buy a PS two and buy
0: SmackDown Here Comes the Pain the other uh, day. I have not I frequently have a hankering to do that.
2: <laughs> I don't I n- I've never owned a PS2. I would just like to have one just to play that game specifically
0: and I've, I've tried i've tried to emulate it and ps2 emulation is still just too taxing and and yeah. and it's not a, ps1 and n64 is easy you can do that fucking your nan i can do that in her calculator <laughs> ps2 is like oh too much hard work and it's also surprisingly resource intensive so yeah. um yeah so yeah i've often thought about just buying a cheap old one but that just seems like a waste yeah
2: it's a shame that they don't really um bring out the old games like that for uh you know ps2 classic smackdown here comes the pain and get it on the ps4 store you know that would be
0: yeah there was a rumor Mm -hmm. that they were going to remaster here comes the pain but i just did not believe that from the second because i just think the licensing and all that of having to do that is is just something they would not bother to do they'd have to pay everyone in that game for a start yeah Um, um and they'd have to they'd probably have to pay someone like actual developers to like take Benoit out, I guess, and and stuff like that.
2: um the, the 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 weirdest thing is that they never, in all the years that they were with you know, THQ and and yukes or or Aki, that they never did a little, not even a proper full release, but like a little updated No Mercy, stick it out for like with exi- like okay maybe maybe a little sharper graphics, but pretty much No Mercy, updated roster, whack it out for mm-hmm. twenty five euro. Like, I would say that that would have been remarkably successful. (laughs) But they never did. I don't know. Um, But, yeah, speaking of movies, I watched one movie this week. Go uh, on. About a little bear from Peru. Oh, You come live in London and that. It's Paddington, the first one. Uh, Because I got Paddington and Paddington 2. On Blu ray for Crimbo. <laughs> mm. And uh, so finally sat down to watch Paddington. And going in, I had only heard like really positive reviews. Yeah. Like, everyone is yeah. saying it loves it. Yeah. And I'm going in thinking, how is it going to be that good? Like, <laughs> I, I was trying to wrap my head around what about it was going to be that like, good. Like, is it going to be like super funny? And then it's like, but does that work for like a Paddington? Movie where he's like a a polite bear who eats marmalade, you know. I'm trying to think, how is this gonna be? Is gonna be really like, um, genuinely like touching or like? I couldn't, I couldn't figure out what way it was gonna go. I had, I had no idea. It was the almost the strangest movie watching experience purely in terms of like, what are my expectations for this movie? What is this movie gonna be? And um. Alright, right, well, let me tell you, first of all, I I did like it a lot, and I still can't quite put my finger on (laughs) why. It's, uh, well, first of all, it's directed by a man called Paul King, right? Yeah. And this might go away to explain a little bit why the movie is the way it is. Paul King directed every episode of a TV series called The Mighty Boosh. Mm. Ah, okay. and I think although it doesn't quite have the, the artiness like visually of, of the Mayabush I think humor wise there are a lot of similarities um, like there, there would be jokes that not only would be like really funny but there's jokes that sometimes like and I mean this in a really good way jokes that don't land for like two seconds the joke will happen and you look at it and then two seconds later you, you react to it almost like a little delayed joke and oh it's 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 so strange like it's almost um it's now this is a, a, a very personal opinion here that i'm sure a lot of people will disagree with me on i almost really enjoyed zoolander 2 for a lot of the same reasons because i thought zoolander 2 was like a surrealist masterpiece it's what? so weird Like, Zoolander 2 doesn't work on any, like, normal level, but it works on almost a subliminal level, and it's, like, super weird, and I loved it because of that. And I almost loved Paddington in the same way, whereas, like, these jokes are so funny, and I don't understand why they're in this movie, but it, like, works, and it's great. But, but like everything also everything that I was expecting like I said before like is it going to be super funny is it going to be like genuinely touching it was those as well and so it kind of almost ticked every box it was like it was almost what I would expect a Paddington movie written by like Vic Reeves to be like in that it just had a weird surrealist not quite surrealist humor but like bordering on surrealist humor at points um, you can tell that everyone who's in it like is having the best time. Like, I thought Nicole Kidman was great in it. Uh, Peter Capaldi. Um, what's the f- dad's name in it? Uh, Mr. Brown. <laughs> but the actor, the actor's name, he's got a uh Hugh Bonneville Mr. Brown. Hugh Bonneville, he's great in it. Hugh Brown. Um, Mrs. Brown, that lady who had sex with a fish in that other movie.
0: What? Brendan talking what's his name <laughs>
2: uh, Sally ha- Hawkins uh, everyone's great in it and it's, it's really legitimately funny in a surreal way which is not it, it, it was, although, although I expected the movie was going to be funny I didn't expect it to have this kind of humour um, and so it was, it was a weird mishmash that somehow hit the ball out of the park so big thumbs up on Paddington Definitely very mighty booshy in its uh, in its humor for sure. Hmm. And, also,
0: never heard that comparison. Uh,
1: and
2: also That's had had a, a mighty boosh uh, cameo in it. Um Simon Farnaby, who played the uh security guy in the when, when the dad dresses up as a woman and the guy's in love with him. Stop that sexy woman <laughs> He's uh he's a mighty Boosh guy.
0: So that's the only movie I watched,
2: and I tell you, I'm looking forward to watching Paddington Two. Oh it's, yeah.
1: Which is also it's, directed it's like, by Paul King. It's like Toy Story Two, it's to a Toy Story. Paddington. Oh wow. That's how I describe it. That's just my opinion. <laughs>
0: um I watched a new Netflix original. Uh I watched Extraction. This is with Chris Hemsworth, uh, right? This is with Chris Hemsworth and the directorial debut of the fellow who directed it, whose name I don't remember. Um, I before I watched this, I saw reviews all over the gaff. I thought they were they were generally positive. There were a few people who thought it was shite, um, uh, and I I kind of watched it and in the early goings. I was like, all right. We got a, a kind of a rescue mission here. We got a kind of ex-Special Forces guy with a tortured past who needs to do this rescue mission. And the prep for the rescue mission, it's always it's like a bad, yeah, you know, a 24 or something. It's like all these nerds sitting around with intercoms in their ears looking at fake statistics on their screens. I was like, oh, boy, this is what is this going to be like? Because I, 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 was, I was not sure what to expect. And this is just kind of in the. This is kind of the the opening kind of fifteen minutes. I was like, Ugh, I don't know if this is going to be it. And then once it actually gets going, I thought Extraction was absolutely awesome. Uh, I, it, it, it's very much, uh, you know a modern uh, uh, action movie it's very much been made it's it's you know post john wick post the raid uh, very frantic very kind of uh uh kinetic in in its action very bloody like you know it's 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 uh you know it's a solid 18 uh, you know on, on the old netflix um uh, but it's it's really really great. It's got some great uh, fight choreography. It's got some extremely tense scenes. Uh, in some aspects, it's not at all a similar movie. But uh, kind of bits of it kind of reminded me of like the action in Sicario, which obviously Sicario is not really an action movie. So that's you know they're not they're not too similar. But just it, it kind of reminded me of, of that in some ways. Um, but it's probably closer to a to a John Wick in terms of pacing. But I thought it was great. I thought it was it was uh, uh, intense and well choreographed. I thought Hemsworth was great in it, uh, and I thought the, the the characterization which started a little bit wonky, I thought when it when it got to the final act, I thought it all came together really well. Uh, and there was a bunch of very cool scenes that I don't even want to describe in here because I think it's better to go in cold because if i say watch out for the blank i think it'll take away from the um, the the the, uh there's there's like two scenes in particular where it's got it where it's like if i say oh well then that happens uh, there's there's kind of a giddy thrill when it actually happens that i that i don't want to say but i thought it was absolutely awesome uh i i actually was thinking about Straight away when I finished it, I was like, "I should rewatch that actually because it was really great." But uh, yeah, one of the better Netflix originals I've seen in a while. And probably, well, it's not better than the light comes for us. But other than that, I would say it's probably the best Netflix original action that uh, uh, other than that that I've seen. So uh, yeah, thumbs up on that. I would I would say give it a watch if you're an action fan. Nice, and uh, that's my sole movie of the week.
2: Right, well. We've a new feature this week. Um, Another one. Well, what? last last week, or not last week? Last week <coughs> we watched that little uh, boy in a mask be a wrestler. Um, <laughs> last week before that, we finished off our quit that infernal bracket, picking the best um, or favorite wrestler uh, for the podcast, which was won by uh, I forget. Was it Daniel Bryan? <laughs> who won that yes it was that right okay um congrats uh big man uh but yeah (laughs) now we need to let that sit a while we're not going to do another bracket right away maybe we'll come back to it in a while but uh we have a new (laughs) next next week maybe it could be next week depending on how this goes (laughs) we'll see um what i was gonna say Yeah, we could come back to that at some stage later. This feature might not even necessarily be a weekly one. But uh, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, when I was going through t-shirts, I was also going through basically a room of junk. And uh, I came across some surprisingly uh, pristine Power Slam magazines from years past. So this is our new feature, which is called CSP Has Issues. And we're going to have a little dive into a specific point in history via oh, wow. the September 2009 issue of Power Slam magazine.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Uh,
2: so on the cover, we have uh, Jeff Hardy, who okay. had just regained the WWE world title at Night of Champions in uh, Philadelphia. Uh okay. I also still have a, a price sticker on this. I was guess I was one of those people who never peeled off the price sticker. Uh, it cost €4.47 uh, in 2009. So that was pretty good. By the way, this wasn't the only issue I found. I have here a handful of uh, Power Slam magazines. I'd say I have about 15 of them here. Um... I have other ones. I think the rest of them are up, up in my parents' attic. Um, but these are the ones that I just kind of found to hand. They go from issue 182, which is the one that we're talking about, all the way up to issue 219, which was the, the December 2012 uh, mm. issue. I think they, they stopped doing Paris Slam in 2014 or 2015. Yeah. But anyway, I was having a look through this earlier, and there was, there were just some interesting things I wanted to bring up from it. So... Uh, the What's Going Down uh, page, which is where they update on all the news. I thought there was an interesting signing and an interesting firing. So, in uh, in WWE deals, mm-hmm. Dos Karas Jr. has signed the contract and is working in Florida Championship Wrestling. Ooh! Uh, so, we of course know what would uh, turn out to happen with that man. Also... Suspensions or departures, Nick Eugene Dinsmore was released from his contract. Uh, uh, I don't remember him being there all the way up to 2009? Because his peak was in like mid 2004.
0: Yeah, didn't he? He was like a jobber basically towards but they, the end of the yeah, But he
2: was a jobber towards the end of 2004. Hmm. Did they keep him around for five more years doing that gimmick?
0: Well, I remember, well, the Sandman beat him up in a very uncomfortable segment on ECW. But even that was. Oh, 06. Oh, 06. This is from
2: September 2009.
0: You know what? I don't know why I remember this, but I remember in 09 they did. Eugene. And he hadn't been on TV for months, so they brought him back. Like, they blew the dust off him and we brought him back. And he did a contract match with. The Miz under a mask. Yeah, the I Canadian or was...
2: the Montreal hero. Or the, it
0: was Yeah, Canada, it was Montreal Man or some shit yeah, like that. Yeah, I remember yeah. that, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, Also let go of the, that month were Ricky Ortiz and the Brian Kendrick, who is uh, currently mm. under contract again.
0: And Ricky Ortiz, I don't think he went on to do anything.
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, we have a picture here, and I, I would be interested if you guys can guess, right? I, I won't say what the name is, but the caption says, blank has managed to bag one of the few foreigner jobs with New Japan. So who, who do you think, the former Whoa. WWE star, and I have no memory of this happening, but according to this photograph here, uh, it did happen, uh, has managed to bag one of the new foreigner jobs with New Japan. September 2009.
0: September 09. Um MVP.
2: Not MVP. Oh, you MVP. are thinking too high up the card, my friend.
0: Oh, good. Now I, uh, I assume that you would remember if it was Albert. It's not Albert. Yeah. Uh, it's Val Venus. Oh, I have absolutely
2: no recollection of that. Who apparently? What? Yeah, apparently did some stuff for New Japan. He wrestled on New Japan's July tour that year. Uh, This is also the month that Terry Hulk Hogan Balea and Linda Balea were officially divorced. Oh, wow. So he very quickly took that TNA deal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What else do we got in here? Um, We have their baloney.com feature here where they basically, and I think this is, I, I thought at the time and I still think now, although I really enjoyed it. It's such a weird. They basically took posts from the F4W board and <laughs> made a feature out of it. And I remember our very own Barry Murphy appearing in this.
0: In these I hallowed pages. I the day. vaguely remember this. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, I don't think you're in this uh, issue,
0: Barry. I think September I, might that, have been A wee bit I, early. I think for that it. was just before I started posting on that board. I believe. Yeah.
2: Um, some good musings about. Uh, Kendrick being released uh, he was a bum who wouldn't draw flies if he jumped in a swimming pool filled <laughs> with cow shit good riddance <laughs> oh, maybe that was me I don't know uh, another uh, poster said Shawn Michaels is involved in one of the best matches in Wrestlemania history an epic bout with The Undertaker he loses isn't mentioned on WWE programming for four months and his big return and first appearance in- since Mania is in a cafeteria flipping burgers WTF yeah.
0: Um, it is it is weird to to go on a message board and thieve and thieve content basically. It is, um, but like a lot and, of these
2: quotes were were really funny, and it was one of my when I used to read this magazine. It was one of the first things I would go to and be like, "What's the funny quotes this week?" Because I I wasn't yeah. signed up at that time to the Wrestling Observer.
0: As that, uh, yeah, as much of a dumpster fire as it was, I mean, the only reason I stayed on that board was that there was a handful of people that were very funny. Um, and it's like it's just weird, because I know, like, in the second half of its life, like, FSM would publish twitter stuff but it was all very docile usually said to the magazine about a specific topic right so yeah weird to just yeah in hindsight weird they were just but yeah i guess it's probably in oh nine there's probably lots of people like you who weren't on these things and were like okay it'd be it, it was a, it was a unique selling point I especially
2: guess. since the board is i don't think it always was but is behind like a paywall as well so Yeah, I think I think it always has been. I'm fairly sure. Uh, We'll we'll leave this this segment with uh, one final quote from the board. Uh, The F4W board has been gripped by the scandal involving Jeff Jarrett and Kurt Angle's ex-wife Karen, which was also going on at the time. Yes, I don't blame Karen. Jeff is a hunk. (laughs) 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 Uh, They also have some of the best quotes from the months TV. Uh, my favorite of which is comes from Michael Cole on the July 13th Raw. He says, Big Show's 485 pounds. Evan Bourne's 183 pounds. That's a 200 pound weight discrepancy. <laughs> and this month was also, lest I forget, uh, Jerry and Piven to The Miz. If you lose, we will ban you from the Summerfest.
0: Oh, no. Yes, yes, and to show how different internet culture was back then, that was a meme for about six months. <laughs> uh, whereas, if that happened on an episode of Raw today, you'd be forgotten by Tuesday,
1: and no one would have watched it.
0: Yeah, and also, yeah, probably because less people are watching now. <laughs> there were there were about three times as many people watching that episode of Raw, which we all thought was shite, and the end, the the, the the business was truly dead back then. <laughs>
2: Uh, and Kurt Angle Before having his main event uh, Pay-per-view main event match With, with uh, uh, Mick Foley Which was Victory Road 2009 Kurt Angle says Do not expect a quality pay-per-view match From me tonight How right <laughs> he was that uh, like uh, No
0: actually
2: no, the no following...
0: Kurt Angle Mick
2: Foley Was the main event of
0: Victory Road That month I remember that being An absolutely horrendous show That, that had uh, Jenna and Charmel on it Yes, that's correct. Uh, It
2: featured the main event mafia winning all their matches against TNA's babyfaces. Yeah, Uh, a match between Matt Morgan and Chris Daniels. Oh my god! Which has a photo of them here. There's about two foot difference between them. Uh, Yeah, you had Kurt Angle beat McFarlane main event. Samoa Joe defeated Sting. Uh, Kevin Ash defeated AJ Styles. Uh, Nothing good on that show. So.
0: Yeah, I imagine, I remember all those, because that was, that was like Joe's, like, that was the Joe can't go anymore year, I'm fairly sure, uh, where people started to realise he was pushing on, and yeah, Foley, like, oh, God, the like, four or five retirement deep Foley, just in horrible shape, with, and in there with Kurt Angle. Oh, God, oh, my God.
1: Exactly.
2: Um, And then from the letters page, there's this one q and a bit i wanted to go talking about that uh previous pay-per-view uh, a, a reader wrote in and asked does power slam believe wwe has any interest in signing aj styles interesting now looking back yeah. on this uh, their answer was and i think this is the most interesting thing given that this was bordering on 2010 so bordering on the start of nxt uh the beginning of the end of tna and everything that would kind of come along with that Uh, their answer is that wwe would hire aj styles without hesitation if he were available and were willing to sign for a low six-figure downside guarantee hypothetically speaking the question then becomes what would they do with styles given his flashy ring style short stature and strong southern accent There's every chance that WWE would dump him in FCW for six months and retrain him to do a bunch of safe WWE style moves that everyone else (laughs) does. And then bring him into WWE (laughs) on ECW as a dumb, stereotypical, comical hick. Meanwhile, his prosperity in TNA, which hasn't been constant admittedly, would probably be a further hindrance to him. WWE would have to prove to AJ that many of the things he did successfully in TNA would not work in the big league. On the other hand, maybe we're being cynical here and if WWE did hire Styles, it would do the smart thing, namely accentuate his strengths and push him as a star from the onset. It's interesting looking back at these kind of things. Um, given that, ultimately what they did with him, although it was much later, was kind of along the 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 optimistic uh, path there.
0: Yeah. Even if it, did Although, take a- I, I, yeah, I think in '09 though that was a fair assessment of what they would li- be likely to do in O9. Yeah, I mean, he never went through developmental. Um, yeah, uh, I was looking
2: for something else here in relation to that. Uh, I can't find it. Doesn't matter. But yeah, I mean, they ultimately did did right with AJ Styles. I think he uh, he didn't really have to change himself at all. This was. 2015 when he finally came, was it? Or 2016? When he debuted at the World Rumble?
0: Uh, 16, yeah.
2: 16. So yeah, still uh, six and a half years on. But like, how quickly things change. Uh, so there you go. That is uh, Power Slam issue 182. Uh, so yeah, I'll try and find some uh, some other ones. I know that I have Power Slams all the way... Dating back to 1998, so it'd be interesting to find some of the uh, the earlier ones where uh, there was stuff happening that's maybe worth discussing and revisiting again. Uh, but there you go. Uh, that was that was interesting. I enjoyed that. And now we can get on to modern wrestling.
0: Ooh. Yeah! Did we all watch Dynamite this week? Yeah. I watched Dynamite. It was boring. That show sucked. Yeah. Yeah.
2: There was one good match which they put on first. The derby Sammy match. Everything yeah. else was garbage. Yeah. Pretty much.
0: I am I'm, I'm I'm struggling to 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 keep up with 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 AEW now because it's like, you know. Next item here in the news: They're going to keep producing their live shows, which I just don't agree with at all. And also, while they're doing these empty arena shows, I just don't find them very compelling. So it's it's yeah, I'm, it's increasingly tough to make time to sit down and watch Dynamite. I have to say, it's kind of um, like what Joe was saying earlier. It feels
2: like they're in the middle episodes of The Mandalorian, where mm. nothing is happening. <laughs> Even though this was a match that had like two. St- quarterfinal matches in their tournament for their new belt it just didn't feel important
1: at all yeah the thing is with wwe that's how it kind of feels normally Mm. so (laughs) so i just don't watch it whereas with AEW, it's like oh usually it's good yeah then then off week, more disappointing uh i think the problem was that they had like three
2: squash matches on this one show which felt and, and one of them as the internet was uh rife with discussion about wasn't so much a squash match as a, a competitive endeavor but like you had brodie lee justin law Wardlow, lee johnson uh kenny omega allen angels you know those three matches to me don't suggest a compelling watch um and then dustin rhodes kip sabian had a almighty boring main event uh, the one thing that I will say as a positive is, although this TNT tournament has been fairly predictable, I like that every match kind of has a story and leads to a further story, meaning we, we, we're now having, like, Cody Darby in the next round, which is their big rematch of the draw they had, yeah. and then you have uh, Lance against Dustin, where Lance Archer is coming for Cody, he has to go through his brother now to get to him, and... So, although it's predictable, it's kind of satisfyingly so instead of frustratingly so. Um, so, there are positives there nonetheless. Uh, I wasn't such a big fan of the bubbly bunch this week. Um,
0: I liked it, but I could have done without it too.
2: I thought the first the first week was funnier. This one felt a little uh, forced. Like the previous week with Jericho spilling the orange juice and then the next shot the orange juice not being spilled. Uh I pop big four, whereas this one I was just kind of stony faced watching on uh you know, Jericho's very funny, but sometimes yeah. sometimes when you try too hard to be funny and it becomes obvious that you're trying to be funny instead of just being funny, yeah, then it's not good. Uh, I don't think there's anything else notice- notable on the show. Uh,
0: Not really. I also thought the Kip Sabian Dustin match was just so boring. Wardlow um, did a big F five that I thought was oh, good I, I like I like Wardlow. I think I I, I enjoy him. <laughs> um, I what I didn't care for was Kip Sabian doing like two of the worst Zack Saber Junior impersonation penalty kicks. Right. Oh, they were so soft. Oh my god. Oh my god. He's he's really dull. He's really dull. Yeah. Um. What was it dull? Was we had another episode of Dark Side of the Ring? A good one. Yeah, covering the death of Dino Bravo or the assassination of Dino Bravo, rather. Mm.
2: Let me tell you, these Canadians are fucking impossible to understand.
0: Uh, well, they're speaking French, Paul. So. <laughs> Even so. Well, it's a different dialect, isn't it? Because you speak one type of French, but they speak a different kind of
2: They do indeed. I used to, um, when I was on the phone lines at me work, I used to support, uh, do IT support for Canadian French users. Let me tell you, I was doing more acting in those calls than wrestlers do doing the promos these days. We, uh, oui, I understand you one hundred percent. what the fuck is this person even saying? <laughs> it's like a, it is like a different language, French Canadian. Um, but this, uh, th- yeah, this episode was very interesting. Uh, I think because I, I really didn't know anything about the Dino Bravo story. Same. So it was Same. basically new. Uh, as opposed to something like the Montreal Screwjob, which is like a rehash.
0: Yeah um i yeah i thought the interviews were good as they always are i thought they were very personable and interesting um i did feel like it kind of screeched to a halt when it got to the actual assassination because they were kind of like they didn't want to say or do anything um inflammatory so this is kind of like and then he got assassinated and then it was 10 minutes of like oh it could have been anyone anyway you know uh it, it felt like they put a lot of great work into the first half of it not that they didn't do work in the second half but it's like whereas the snooker nancy argentino thing is like oh well the story changed vince mcmahon got involved and all this other stuff with the dino thing it was like he died and they said look he was assassinated but we've no indication who did it and that's kind of it you know
1: yeah
0: Uh, yeah. Any other thoughts on Jack's side of the ring?
2: Um, I also I watched also watched the uh, the Von Erichs episode. Yes, which is just the saddest situation. Because <clears throat> I I knew that the Von Erich kids all you know died young. I didn't quite ever get the how much of a domino effect it was. Yeah. yeah. Where where one death like directly led to the next one directly led to the next one oh my god what a sad story that is
0: it really is yeah so so I, sad all, all the little all the little like because the if it, it, that, that episode very much doesn't doesn't waste too much time on the actual wrestling stuff it establishes what what who they were but then as you say it's just it's uh kind of one thing after another but i, I didn't realize they had like a work to find eric in there as well like yeah. that was nice. how ill-advised was that i mean god yeah um uh, next week anyway, there's another one that, that I'm not overly familiar with other than just the actual clip itself which is the uh, Dr. D uh, Schultz slapping that reporter uh, um, uh, and I, I feel like I think they said on their Twitter they're gonna cover his life after wrestling as well. He went on to do bounty hunting right um, So that should be that should be a really fun. Like another one yeah I like these ones where I, I don't really know the story uh, so that would be good. Uh, what other uh, wrestling stuff has been watched this week?
2: Did I watch another Dark Side of the Ring? I I watched those two. I watched the Montreal one again. Well, not again, for the first Felt like I was watching it again. I watched it for the first time. Not a lot new in that one, I didn't think. I did think there was not a lot new in it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. uh, So I've watched, what, two or three of. I'm trying to get season one caught up on, basically. I think I've watched two or three of season one. Um, I still have to watch the Brody one. I still have to watch the Moolah one. Yeah. Uh, what else is there? Anyway, I still have some to watch there. I watched the FCW documentary on the uh, the old Fed
0: dot com. Oh yeah, I never, I never watched it. Yeah. Well, I still have the
2: uh, the free month that I swindled them out of, so I figured. Might as well watch a few bits and bobs on that. Um, hmm. I found it, f- for the most part, a bit boring. Okay. <laughs> um, it's not a killer documentary by any means. Like nothing in the range of a, a, like the Edge documentary they did recently. Or it's like a fairly standard look at what FCW was. They didn't bring in really any names apart from people who are still there under contract. So there was no kind of, um, you know, Jin on the Evolution documentary, for example. There was no, there was no, right. there was no uh, other opinions given right, except for people who are still there under the WWE umbrella. So you had your, you know, Biggie, um, Tyson, Seth Rollins you know the like um there were some interesting bits all right, that they, they did uh cover like promo class and they showed some funny promos from people who are no longer there they showed let me tell you big e doing his uh, his early stuff zero charisma he did it exactly <laughs> like uh you know Jake Hager uh, which is crazy to think, knowing how charismatic big e is he just yeah. goes he goes. My name is Etor Ewan, and uh, <laughs> I'm here in FCW to take on the the brightest and the best in FCW. Oh my God! No charisma. What's I would do a better promo than this man? Um, but re- yeah, really. Aside from that, there was not much super gripping or like controversial or. Even like the NXT rebrand, well, not even a rebrand, but like buyout. Well, then they just decided that they would set up NXT, and NXT is brilliant. And so I was like, yeah, that's alright. <laughs> it's like there's no no real uh, no real controversy or adversity, or it's just like ah, oh, here's this thing that was F- NXT before NXT, and it was in this little
0: stinky uh, really? warehouse, and that's it. Yeah, when they when they announced it, I I was like eh. What I'm we- I'm way more interested in like OVW and Deep South than I am FCW. Like when they when when that was the thing about ruthless aggression. It was like every time they showed clips of OVW, it's like I would much rather get an interview where Cena, Batista, Cornette, whoever else sits down and talks about the OVW years. FCW, yeah, I uh, you you've reinforced everything I I suspected when they announced it.
2: It was it was okay. It's like an hour twenty though, and it, it feels long as well. Um, whereas the edge the edge documentary was long but felt, uh, like packed full of stuff like emotion and reality, and this was just kind of yeah, yeah it was just kind of there. I watched the little uh fifteen minute teaser they put out for that Undertaker Last Ride documentary they're putting out. Oh yeah, uh, let me tell you. That man is hobbled like Kurt Angle these days, and this was a clip from like 2007, or excuse me, 2007, 2017. Uh, Undertaker hobbling about like, oh poor chap, hip. He can barely move. This man, um, but he comes off, he comes off well, and obviously, um, he's very charismatic. As as people who watch the
0: Stone Cold documentary would know, he's a very funny, charismatic guy. I, 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 I tried to watch the the Austin thing, and it wasn't bad, but... No, I was watching it quite late, but I was... I thought it was a bit dry. It was a couple of old lads going, oh, but <laughs> You know, he used to pull up to the arena. <laughs> well, that's what and it's totally going to be, of
2: course.
1: What's not to love?
2: <laughs> but it is... It, Undertaker's uh, thing is, also, is a little bit sad as well, because he... He does come off a little bit like, on one hand, you know, I don't want to be that guy that people are looking at going, oh, you should have seen him 10 years ago when he could really go, and yet, continuing to do it when he's clearly that person. Exactly, yeah. Um. So, there's a little bit of a internal conflict there, maybe, but... um. You know, it, it, it was fine. I I would I would be interested to watch the full documentary. Um, and as far as the teaser goes, I think it, I think it was pretty good. Uh, and then finally, I they have a a series called Untold, which is kind of it's not a full on documentary. It's it's just kind of voiceover of people talking over, you know, segments or matches. And I watched the uh, the Untold Hell in a Cell uh, from King of the Ring ninety eight okay uh undertaker mankind and then i watched the entire match again so i revisited that hell in the cell um for the first time in a while and let me tell you there were things that i noticed for the first time here that i'd never noticed before um specifically when mick foley gets chokeslammed through the cell he gets choke slammed. He obviously lands, and the chair hits him in the face. And then you see, maybe a second later, the zip ties which had been holding the cell panel. Yeah, they fall onto the mat like broken. Yeah. Um, so I, I just never caught on that the the cell panels were like literally just zip tied onto the bars.
0: Yeah, because it it looks really flimsy when they're walking around up there before okay. the the stuff. Um, yeah, I just had never seen those zip ties
2: fall into the ring before. So mm-hmm. presumably, the weight of him taking the choke slam was enough to like just snap those zip ties. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't see. You know, there's been there's been talk in the past about whether that was, you know, a gimmicked spot or whatever it was. But like with the zip ties and the timing of the zip ties landing, this, like we're getting into nine eleven. Steve, <laughs> <has a> <laughs> embarrassing. but i don't see how that could have been gimmicked where the like the cage itself was so ramshackle watching the back and you just see like he lands and then a few seconds later, these zip ties just pop off basically um but uh watching the back again i don't know that there's anything i could say that hasn't already been said numerous times um but what a tough man is. oh yeah yeah <laughs> um and my favourite spot of that entire match is when Undertaker uh, comes down from the top of the cell and jumps into the ring and he b- bounces off his broken foot and has a little hop and then immediately stops selling because he's a big tough man. And that's all. Yeah. I, I have nothing that's, more to uh, say about it.
0: That's uh, our our wrestling consumption for the week. Yeah. Um Yeah. And we will be back uh, to do it all again next week. We'll have a follow-up on all our various guffs. And uh, we have another CSP Has Issues next week, Paul? Uh,
2: if I can find the magazine that's worth discussing, we can do, yeah.
0: Sure, yeah, okay. Um, and yeah, we will uh, we'll be back with more of the usual fun and games. So... Uh, for this week though it's going to be uh, thank you very much for listening chairshoppodcast.com for for the archives and to send us an email and uh, at Pod on Twitter as well if you want to reach out so until then it's goodbye from me Barry Murphy it's goodbye from Paul Griffin goodbye it's goodbye Mr. Joe Towder
1: goodbye everybody